Hello, this is Dr. Shante, and welcome to another episode of Whole and Complete Podcast, the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God, living well, doing our absolute best to live whole and complete lives. So we have just finished the Battling Loneliness series. And if you recall, I said that we were going to be doing a series of battles, right? So we started with Battling Loneliness. This series that we are entering right now is going to be about battling depression and anxiety. And I hate to lump those two things together, but in so many ways, they go hand in hand. And so we're going to be talking about battling depression this episode, battling anxiety the following episode. And then, of course, we will bring in a voice from the mental health community to kind of help us unpack some of what we have been talking about. And so as we enter this series, there is a guiding scripture, as there always is. And it is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verses one through three. And it says this, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of the spirit of heaviness, the garment of praise instead of mourning, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. So on today's episode, we are going to be talking about these three things. Depression is a spirit. Depression has many faces and a battle plan. So let's get right into it. So if you have read the Bible through, you will notice that oftentimes when there has been some sort of mental health issue or some sort of disturbance that the Bible attributes that to a spirit of some kind. And before we go there, I want to make sure that we have a clear definition going forward of what we're talking about when we talk about depression. So depression is a mood disorder that causes a persistent feeling of sadness and loss of interest in activities. It can also be characterized by a lack of energy. So when you think about what it means to depress something, to depress something is to push something down or to pull something down into a lower position. So like a tongue depressor. So if you have been to the doctor's office and the doctor asks you to stick out your tongue and then he or she presses down on your tongue, he is is depressing it. That is what depression feels like. It feels like a continuous feeling of being pressed down or pushed down. And the way that the Bible describes this is as a spirit of heaviness. And again, before we get into the spiritual aspects of this, I wanted to share a story. It's not my story. It is a story from someone that I follow on Instagram and someone that you might be very familiar with. He has well over a million followers. And so chances are you are probably familiar with him as well. And his name is Kevin Curry. And if you don't know him by his actual name, his Instagram handle is fitmencook. So at fitmencook. And he does all of these recipes for helping you build muscle and lose weight and his platform and he does these recipes in English and Spanish and his platform has just exploded he has his own app and so over the years it's been a blessing to really watch his platform grow in the way that it has and so as I was scrolling through a few days ago I came across something that he posted 
And at first I didn't know what to make of it. And then I realized that it was part of his story. And so I want to share what he wrote. And he called it, you stood me up. Jasmine, quote unquote, was amazing. We met on Match.com. She was Southern, smart, made me laugh, and looked amazing in her sundress. The museum stroll with jazz and wine made a great first date, and it was refreshing since I had not been feeling that well. For our third date, she invited me over so she could cook for me. Jackpot! Finally, my subscription to Match.com was paying off. Still, I didn't feel well, a feeling all too familiar during the summer. While everyone else enjoyed the fun and the sun, I wore depression and anxiety like clothes. Happiness was hard, but I faked it. I pushed back our date a few days, hoping I'd feel better. I didn't. I just got worse. The day of our date, I found myself sitting in a hospital waiting room, disappointed and embarrassed that something as simple as smiling and laughing could feel impossible. Sure, my life had challenges, but it wasn't bad. And yet here I was in the waiting room at my lowest. I wrote and rewrote a text to Jasmine trying to explain until ultimately I didn't. Then she broke the silence. You stood me up, Kevin, along with a few other words about how I was just like other guys. I deserved it, but I couldn't text. Hey, I didn't stand you up. I'm just in the hospital being treated for depression and on suicide watch. Who would want to date a guy like that? I was too embarrassed to respond. I got better over the years. Counseling helped and I better understood my mental health. I stopped medicating with food and alcohol and I learned to manage when I wasn't feeling at my best. Cooking helped. I think of Jasmine in passing and wonder how my life could have looked had I just been honest. Would she have understood and still made plans to see me? Or not? I'll never know. And that's the part I regret. And... When I read that, when I saw that, of course, my heart just went out to him and I immediately felt a sense of empathy because he, like so many people, you would look at him, you would look at his life, you would look at his success and you would think, dude, you got it made. What's wrong with you? Like every day should be a sunny day. And it's not. That's just not his reality. And so I wanted to share that because what he described, that that heaviness, that weight, that being unable to do something as simple as send a text message, depression can be very debilitating. And his story, I don't think is unfamiliar to many of us. There have been many times where we may have found ourselves in situations where something that just seems so simple, we just could not bring ourselves to do. And so getting back to our definition, you know, what Kevin describes is what the Bible calls a spirit of heaviness, that feeling when you just can't bring yourself to move, like you feel weighted down. And it's not that your life is bad or any worse than the average person, but when that spirit of heaviness attaches itself, it makes everything seem harder. It makes everything seem impossible or like it requires more energy than you actually have to offer. So in the Bible, the study of spirits is called pneumatology. So pneuma is a Greek word for spirit, and it means to breathe upon like invisible, like the wind. And that's kind of what a spirit does. It just kind of, it breathes on you. When you think about walking through 
like a, a mist. So for example, if you go to a zoo on a hot day or you go to like a water park or even to Disney, you will see throughout the property these misting sprays that are there to kind of mist people with some cool water as they walk through. And of course, you can see that mist, but when it's talking about a spirit in the Bible, it's almost like an invisible mist. It's, it's there, but you don't see it and, it and it just comes upon you. And the human spirit for us. So when somebody talks about the human spirit, that means our intellect, our emotions, our fears, our passions and our creativity. And those are the things that make you you. So those things that are just our spirit, the things that, that make you who you are. It's not anything that anybody can touch or tangibly see, but it's if you took it away, you would just be like a lifeless corpse. It's not that you wouldn't be alive, but you just wouldn't be you. So those that's your spirit, that invisible, those invisible attributes that facilitate happiness and joy or pain and suffering. And, you know, as believers, we believe in the Holy Spirit, which we do not see. The Holy Spirit is an invisible entity that God has gifted to us to lead us and guide us, convict us of wrongdoing. The Holy Spirit offers intercessory prayers to God on our behalf. And so we understand generally the concept of a spirit. And the Bible describes depression. So it doesn't use the word depression. It calls it a spirit of heaviness as an invisible entity, a spirit of heaviness that depresses or pushes down our mood. It causes us to lose interest in activities, causes us to lose interest in people and things that we otherwise would be interested in. And as I often do, I always want to take us back to the scripture in Ephesians 6, 12, which says that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, against spiritual forces in the heavens. And so our fight more times than not, especially if this is something that is persistent, we have to take into account the spiritual aspect of this as believers. And I know some people hear this or would listen to this and think, oh my gosh, this is a bunch of hogwash. I don't believe that. And hey, don't shoot the messenger. But it explains so much of what we experience. And when we start to understand that things like depression have spiritual ramifications and spiritual implications it gives us a better footing to develop our strategy to combat it, which brings us to depression has many faces. So here are some of the common symptoms of depression. Deep feelings of sadness, dark moods, feelings of worthlessness or helplessness, changes in appetite, changes in your sleep patterns, lack of energy, inability to concentrate, difficulty getting through your normal activities, Lack of interest in things you used to enjoy, withdrawing from friends, or preoccupation with death or thoughts of self-harm. And so those symptoms, we all may experience those from time to time. But again, if we think about our depression definition, it is a persistent, okay, a mood disorder that causes these feelings on a persistent or regular basis. And there are different types of depression as well. So there's major depression, postpartum depression, which we might be more familiar with, manic depression or bipolar disorder. So if you think about someone like Kanye West, who has spoken out about his diagnosis, having 
bipolar disorder, uh, seasonal depression, which is weather related. And some people who live in the Midwest, like myself, and winters last forever, like they do after a while. And, you know, the sun hasn't shown for 17, 18, 19 days. After a while, that can really start to wear on your spirit. Um, there's depression caused by PMS. They call it PMDD, where even if you might feel cranky or irritable or down or depressed, it's exacerbated. Okay. So PMS and hormones kind of triggers and exacerbates those episodes. Uh, there's situational depression, which I believe that we all have experienced. So something happened in our life that triggered a depressive episode, something happened, an event. And then there's the one that I want to spend a lot more time on today, which is persistent depression or persistent depressive disorder, also known as high functioning depression. And the reason why I want to spend some time here is because I believe that this is more common than we realize. Many of us are still getting things done. We're checking off boxes. We're taking care of our family members. And so because we're able to function, we can't be depressed, right? wrong. So when you have high functioning depression to the outside world, it looks like you have your ish together. You're a high achiever. You get good grades. You make good money. You're keeping up with your responsibilities at home. You are able to function in your social circles. You're going to church and to community this and community that. And from the outside looking in, you have nothing to really be sad or depressed about. But People with high functioning depression, despite their accomplishments, still experience symptoms of depression. It's like they're running with extra weight on their back. And so if you think about any time, if you can relate to this, where you are in the airport and you are running late, you're trying to make the flight, you're trying to get to the gate. And if you are trying to sprint with heavy luggage, you know how hard that is to do. Even if you have the four wheels that spin, when you just have additional weight, it just makes it harder to get to your destination. And that's what it feels like. So despite what this person is accomplishing on the outside, you don't know how they're eating. You don't know how they're sleeping. You don't know how they feel about themselves or their lives, or if they're overwhelmed by the decisions that they have to make or how hard it is for them to get out of bed in the morning or show up for the people that need them. And as a society, we have a tendency to reward productivity. So people who are checking boxes and getting things done, we have a tendency to reward productivity. So if someone is producing, we assume that they are succeeding. And if they are succeeding, that means that they're healthy. And if they're healthy, they can't be depressed, right? Wrong. That is a very limited way of thinking. And I came across this article in Healthline about high functioning depression. And the article said, here are eight things that people with high functioning depression want you to know. Number one, you always feel like you're faking it. Number two, you have to prove that you're struggling and need help. Because of course, if you're high functioning, then it doesn't look like you're debilitated. So you have to go out of your way to show that, no, actually I am struggling. They said the good days are normal, but the bad days are unbearable. Getting through the bad days requires an enormous amount of energy. You can struggle to focus and feel like you're not performing to the best of your ability. Living with high functioning depression is exhausting and asking for help is the strongest thing that you can do. And so if you're listening to this and you feel like, oh my gosh, she just described my life, not to worry, not to fear. 
I think that sometimes it can be very validating to hear that what you're experiencing is real because sometimes if we can't see it, touch it, taste it, smell it, then it must not be real. And this is very real and it's very common. It's more common than you realize. And because it's common, there is not only an abundance of support and resources, but also you have to think about how you are going to to battle, right? Because the battle series means that it's a fight. It's something that's not going to come easily to you, but it is something that is not completely out of reach, which brings us to battle strategy. So some of you might be familiar with the song Cranes in the Sky by Solange. I love that song. And at first, you know, we hear a song and we like the beat, but then when you really listen to the words and the lyrics, you take the music away. And she says, I tried to drink it away. I tried to put one in the air. I tried to dance it away. I tried to change it with my hair. I ran my credit card bill up, thought a new dress would make it better. I tried to work it away, but that just made me even sadder. I tried to keep myself busy. I ran around in circles. I think I made myself dizzy. I slept it away. I sexed it away. I read it away, 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 away. Well, it's like cranes in the sky. Sometimes I don't want to feel those metal clouds. Yeah, it's like cranes in the sky. And what she's describing in this song is all the things she tried to do to get to the root of her depression. All the things she tried to do to feel better and function. She tried to drink it away. She tried to smoke it away. So sometimes when we experience these feelings, we try to numb ourselves. She tried to to sex it away and, and capitalize on the endorphins and the dopamine. And so recently, and I'm not going to get into the ins and outs of the Will and Jada uh, Smith situation, but what Jada described at the red table was that she just wanted to feel good. She was just trying to, she was broken and she was in a bad place and she just wanted to feel better. And that's how she found herself, quote unquote, entangled. Later on in the song, uh, Solange talks about how she ended her relationship. So she let her boyfriend go. So that means she withdrew from people that she loved. And these are very common responses to trying to battle depression, but they don't work. I don't think that you can fully tackle and battle a spiritual problem with a purely earthly solution. And so that spirit of heaviness, you have to think about what are some of the spiritual things that I can do to incorporate into my strategy. And before I go into this, I want to be as clear as crystal. I do not think that pray and walk away is the winning approach. Okay, so I'm not going to tell you that. Just pray about it. I'm not saying that at all, but I do think that prayer is a part of the battle strategy. Second Corinthians 4, 8 says, we are afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. Proverbs 12, 25 says, anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. And there is power in the words that we think and we speak and whatever you have to do. So I, for me, and for many of you, the word of God is powerful. It's amazing how no matter how many times you come back to the Bible, that there can be a verse, maybe one that you've seen so many times before, but it just speaks to you in a new way. And the Bible says that the word of God is alive. Okay. So it's it's like a living entity. And so the words of God have power to to speak into your situation. And sometimes you have to 
put those affirmations where you can see them. Sometimes you have to put the word where you can readily access it. And nowadays with technology, it's as close as an app on your thumb on your phone so that you can readily access those words. And so the words that we speak and think have so much power. And so sometimes you'll hear people say, I am depressed. And I think we need to revisit that instead of saying, I am depressed. We need to say, I have depressive episodes or I have depression or I struggle with depression. But to say that I am something, we don't want to invite that. We don't want to to have that spirit anchor itself any more deeply than it already is. And so saying that I am something and beginning to internalize that as though that is the total encompassing thing of your life. No, we can speak against that. We can absolutely speak against that. The Bible says that we have the power to take our thoughts captive. Okay. So in the last series, I talked about how sometimes you have to be the Ebenezer Scrooge of your life and take a step outside of it, of it and start to look at it and say, you know, what am I thinking about it? Where's this coming from? And it's not to say that that's easy work, but absolutely the words that we think and speak about our struggles have power and can be part of the strategy that we use to battle against it. And so instead of owning it by saying, I am this, we can say, I struggle with this, but God, I struggle with this, but the word of God says, I struggle with this, but I'm fighting it. Those types of things can help move us closer to some semblance of reducing the occurrences of depression in our lives. Another thing is letting go of the shame. So Brene Brown, who, you know, I'm a big fan of, she says that shame needs three things to grow exponentially in our lives. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. I'm going to repeat that. Shame needs three things to grow exponentially in our lives. Secrecy, silence, and judgment. By keeping quiet, Brene is saying that your shame will grow exponentially. It will creep into every corner and crevice of your life. And this is why therapy is so powerful because empathy is the kryptonite to shame. When you're struggling with something or you're embarrassed by something or there's a stigma about something and you're able to share it in a safe space and you get empathy and love and understanding instead of shame and blame and judgment, Man, that's half the battle right there. You know, it just it it takes away those gremlins that speak so much negativity into your mind about who you are. And if you are are struggling in that way, I certainly encourage you to employ therapy as part of your strategy, because most therapists will offer empathy for the feelings that you've been having in that safe space without judgment. We have to stop being afraid to share our struggles because the secrecy only compounds it. Again, secrets, I mean, shame needs secrecy, silence, and judgment. And when we take those things off the table, then it moves us closer to being healthier. It, it moves us closer to helping to win the battle. And I say this, I choose those words carefully because I don't know that depression is a battle that can ever be fully won. Some people will always struggle, but at the same time, there are some ways that it might make it easier for us to be able to navigate these episodes and at least equip ourselves with some tools to be able to move forward. Um, another thing is get moving. So there have been many, many studies done that shows that moving, like physical, actual movement, exercise is 
an effective way to combat depression. Because think about what depression does. Depression immobilizes us, right? It paralyzes us. And one way to combat that is to move, to physically move. So whether you walk around the block or whether you hit the treadmill or go on a bike ride, exercise helps to rewire the circuitry that improves our mood and it reduces anxiety. It floods our body with endorphins. And so part of what happens with depression is that there's some chemical reactions that are happening in the brain and those endorphins and the dopamine that and the feel good feelings that come from exercising is one way to attack the physiology of what depression is doing in our bodies. And so on our next episode, we are going to get into anxiety. So we, and I know that this is, I know 25 minutes just doesn't seem like enough time to really like do a deep dive and unpack it. But that is why we always at the end of these series bring in a clinical expert who can speak to and kind of unpack these things from a clinical perspective and also share some of the strategies that they use with their own clients. And so in our next episode, we are going to get into anxiety. We're going to do that pivot and look at how it manifests and debilitates us and its relationship to depression. And so one thing I can tell you is that when I was coming up, the word anxiety was not a part of our vocabulary. The word triggered was not part of our lexicon. We did not have the words to describe some of the things that we we're feeling. And so part of what this podcast does is it gives you the words, it gives you the vocabulary to say, you know what, this is what I was feeling, or this is what I'm going through, and helps us to not only name it, but to be able to research it and to see what is effective ways of treating it and attacking it and approaching it. And so that is what we will be doing in our next episode. And as always, if this podcast is helping you or you're sending it to people and sharing it and you are benefiting from it in any way, shape or form, thank you so much for continuing to listen. Thank you for sharing it. And please make sure that if you have Apple Podcasts that you would write a review because your reviews help change the algorithm that make it easier for people to find this podcast and start the healing process and get the help that they need. And so if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, you can hit me up at Dr. Shante Says. We are still in the month of July, which means we are still doing our Zoom on Thursday nights. They have been so good these past couple of weeks and I'm going to miss them when they go. So I might have to revisit that. But definitely every Thursday in July, we are doing the Zoom. So if you want to be a part of that, make sure that you hit me up at Dr. Shante Says. If you're on my email list, that link will be available to my subscribers. And if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, you know where to find me. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you next time.